All right, so we're uh, in the spare room of Wellspring Church. We're leaning into our ABLE practices, mm -hmm. ABLE project. Uh, we're at E, and we're looking at communion, yeah. or the Eucharist, or the Lord's Lord Supper. Supper. Yeah. Different <laughs> All the different names. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this time, rather than tracing it back to the garden, uh, we had sort of three questions that might help anchor yeah. the practice of communion totally. biblically. Yeah. Uh, and the first question is sort of, helps us look back look right? backwards right so like we have communion we take it you know every couple of weeks here yeah. at wellspring but like why right yeah so maybe the first question is is we're really going to anchor us back in the past so as okay. followers of jesus one of the reasons why communion is so important is because of what god has done in the past in particular yeah. not just to jesus himself not just that's in the first century yeah not just the first century that's important we'll get yeah. there but even further back to the yeah. time of the exodus yeah and so in the second book of the bible exodus in particular exodus chapter 12 you know, Israel's at this very crucial point. They've been in slavery okay. for a number of years. The 10 plagues have, have happened. Mm -hmm. Well, the nine plagues have yeah, happened. Nine, the 10th yeah, yeah. is about <laughs> to happen. Yeah. And this is the, the time where God comes through Moses and says to, to Pharaoh yeah. that if you don't let the people go, the firstborn son is going gonna, is gonna to die. Yeah. But and in that very crucial and heavy moment, God provides provision really for everyone in mm. the community. And that provision is going to be through a sacrifice. Okay. And that sacrifice for Israel in particular, and yeah. really it's kind of wide open from yeah. how the narrative describes yeah. it, is that a lamb is supposed to be slain okay. on this particular night, which ends up being Passover night. Okay. And the lamb is slain and the blood is to be kind of painted, if you will, yeah. or, or on poured the on, the, of the doorway. on the doorway, right? Yeah. And so it's this way of the blood covering okay. that particular home. So that when the, quote, angel of death comes through in Exodus 12 on, on Passover, that the angel of death will do exactly that. Pass mm. over the, the rooms, the houses, the, the, the areas that okay. had the blood over the doorpost. Yeah. And so as the but then they also eat too, they right? They eat, yes. And so they have there's this a meal connected, connected to the Passover. This. So there's the blood on the lentil, yes. but then there's also a meal that is prescribed that they eat at this moment. At this moment, yes. Yeah. And so it has the, all of this rich symbolism yeah. to, to recognize and to remember, because what's going to end up happening is that this Passover meal, this celebration, yeah. not only commemorates you know, what happened in Exodus, in Exodus yeah. chapter 12, but is this ongoing yeah. kind of rhythm and practice that Israel is to have on into the future. Yeah, which is important, right? Which so is, there's this meal and this practice connected to a sacrifice yes. that Israel is going to shape Israel's identity, identity and remind them of who God is. Who God is. And it becomes a way where for that the older generations are able okay. to then tell the next generations yeah. God's faithfulness. And that's even built into ex the Exodus, Exodus story. 12. So when someone asks you, why, why are you, you doing this, this meal? Yeah. Why are you doing You have a way to share yes. who God is and how he saved them from slavery. Exactly. And the meal then becomes this way of remembering the, the story of oh, God's good. redemption. And so yeah. that's the connection here in Exodus okay. 12. And so you keep going through the Old Testament. There's yeah. various moments where God's people are called to celebrate, and they do yeah. celebrate Passover, and it's always connected back to the Exodus. Okay. God's saving redemption in Exodus chapter 12 and on into the rest of the Exodus story. Okay. Now, what ends up happening is as the story continues, so on and so forth, you get to the person of Jesus. Yeah. And so Jesus comes onto the scene, and by the end of the four Gospels, it's no accident that Jesus is there together with his closest followers, mm. his closest friends, yeah. and on Passover weekend, yeah. on Passover night. So the night, same, same time. Exactly, yes. Yeah. He, he is there with his closest friends having the Passover meal. Yeah. And about, I don't know, halfway-ish through yeah. the meal, he takes the bread, he takes the cup, and he starts to say these things. I mean, just try to imagine yeah. being a, you know, a Jewish person at this yeah. point. And he starts saying these things as he breaks the bread. This is my body broken for you. And then he has mm. the, the wine, the juice, and this is my blood 
poured out for that sins may be forgiven. And he uses this language of this is a new covenant. Mm. This is a new covenant. Going back to the prophets, Jeremiah yeah. and Ezekiel, that was foreshadowing a time when God would do like a new exodus and yeah. a new Passover. And so Jesus just, I don't know what the reaction of the disciples would be at yeah. this point, but this is the night before he's going to be crucified. Yeah. And he reconstitutes, if you will, yeah. the Passover meal to be centered around him yeah. as he will be the sacrifice. Yeah. As he will be, the, the, as John chapter 1 says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Hmm. And so for... This is a big deal. This is a huge deal, right? Because, I mean, you've been a Jewish... You know, say you're yeah. Peter in that room. Yeah. You know, you've probably celebrated Passover, you know, dozens of times, yeah. you know, at this point. And you've never made the connection that this, at this point, is, you know, about this, you know, Rabbi Jesus that's yeah. sitting there right in front of you. Yeah. But here Jesus is saying this meal hmm. that Exodus was... That we had in the Exodus story... Yeah is actually all a pointer to him and the sacrifice and the deliverance that Jesus yeah. was going to bring on the cross. So the Exodus the story cross. actually prefigures Jesus. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And that's crucial because Jesus is, is making that claim in that yeah. moment in, in, the, in the four Gospels. Yeah. And then he's also saying that this, this Passover meal is to be something that his followers, just like the Exodus generation was to do, yeah. is to continue to do yeah. on in the future as a way of remembering not only what God did in the Exodus, yeah but also what Jesus was about to do yeah. on the cross. And maybe just to draw a few parallels there. One, in the Exodus story, right, in the Old Testament, you have a people that are enslaved mm -hmm. to Pharaoh. Yes. Jesus is making the case, hey guys, just as they were as enslaved to yes, Pharaoh, yes. you're enslaved to sin. To sin. And now my sacrifice is going to free you from sin in the same way that, you know, the, the sacrifice then was sort of the means of setting them free, free from slavery. Exactly, yes. And so then the, the death of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, actually becomes not a moment of like, you know, loss. It becomes yeah. a moment of victory. Yeah. And so for us as followers of Jesus, we look back on, yes, the death of Jesus, which yeah. also simultaneously was the victory yeah. of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And so that's kind of the first sort of big bucket, okay. the looking back looking aspect. Back. Both the Exodus and ultimately, which was pointing forward yeah. to the person sacrifice of Jesus, his victorious okay. sacrifice. The second kind of bucket question, if yeah. you will, is not the past necessarily, but also the present. Okay. And where we kind of get this, and we see this in the New Testament, is in 1 Corinthians 11. Yeah. Is Paul is having to deal with a bunch He's of different issues. He's pastoring a church, yes. and there's lots of issues. Lots of issues. We covered them for about a year. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we did, yes. And one of the issues is that there's a whole debacle over how the, the church in Corinth is mm. practicing the Lord's Supper or yeah. Communion. And kind of the quick version is that, you know, a bunch of rich people are getting there early yeah. and essentially eating all the food and getting drunk off all the wine. Because they could get off. They right? get off they work didn't really early. have work. Yes. Whereas the poor had to work through their full shift. So they totally. would show up and they'd show up and it was like, you guys have eaten everything. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, what's yeah. in it for me now? I mean, yeah. There's nothing left. Exactly. Yeah. And so Paul is saying, what you're practicing is not the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Right? Because the Lord's Supper is not to be this thing that creates division or hierarchy. Yeah. Paul makes the case that you're, you're to take of, there's, there's one meal that the body of Christ is yeah. to partake That's of good. together. And so Paul has a lot of harsh words to say to the Corinthians here, and he challenges them to really kind of be reflective, if you yeah. will, and ask, as you're about to take this meal, yeah. where what is your status, if you will, or maybe a better way to say this, what is your relationship with your brother and sister to yeah. your right and to your left? Yeah. Are you looking down at them? Are you taking advantage of them? That's are good. you treating them in such a way that kind of belittles them? Because that's not to happen yeah. in the body of Christ. And so communion actually becomes this thing where we look presently at yeah. our current relationships within yeah. the body of Christ. And, you know, obviously we can't always get this perfectly, but yeah. the ideal is that there would be no division. There would yeah. be no sort of hierarchy and sort of, I don't know, fracturing, yeah. if you will, within the body. So this isn't just a moment to connect with God, but also a moment to recognize 
we are meant to be Jesus' body on earth. Yes, are together. Are treating other people in a way that they should be treated? For sure, yeah. So it's looking presently at our yeah. own sort of interpersonal relationships, if mm -hmm. you will. There's also an aspect too, as Paul is saying and talking yeah. in 1 Corinthians 11, of, and it's connected with what we were just talking yeah. about, but also individually as well. Kind of yeah. what is your kind of relationship or connection yeah. with God in that moment? Yeah. Are you kind totally. of coming to this flippantly or are you, yeah. you know, taking sin in your own life seriously? Yeah. You're just kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. And Paul has the language there, depending on your English translation, to not take communion or the Lord's Supper in a quote, unworthy manner. Hmm. And so there is this, I don't know, heaviness, seriousness, seriousness yeah. as we come to the table, as we come to the yeah. Lord's Supper, to have this reflective, reverent sort of posture, as well as the celebratory yeah. posture as well, yeah. the Passover both aspect. Are there. Both yeah. are there. All of these sort of different, you know, emotions, yeah. both of the celebration of the victory of Jesus yeah. and sort of the sober, honest reflection of how am I treating my neighbor? Mm. What's my yeah. kind of connection with God at this okay. moment? So we look back to remember. We look to the present, present to kind of get a sense of what's going on. And what was the third one? The third one is actually there's a future aspect as okay. well. So even when Jesus is kind of instituting the, the Lord's Supper with his disciples, yeah. uh, Paul will say this too a little bit in 1 Corinthians 11, that we are, as we're doing this, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes, referring to a second yeah. coming. And so what this so gets you're at... You're looking back, you're looking at the present, but you're also anticipating Jesus' return. Jesus' return because... Which happens to be a great banquet. A great banquet, exactly. So what we have as far as communion in the present yeah. is what you're exactly saying is also a foreshadowing, just like Exodus was a foreshadowing to yeah. what at its time was the future. So too, presently, as we take communion as the body yeah. of Christ is also a foreshadowing of what will ultimately happen in the new creation. So Revelation talked about the marriage supper of the Lamb, this yeah. great wedding banquet, this great feast yeah. where all of God's people are together eating with Jesus you know, at, at the table cool. together. So there's all three yeah. of those aspects work together. So maybe those are a few lenses biblically. Mm -hmm. Now, the truth is, historically, yeah, totally. there's also been lots of different ways people have applied totally. this. And it's been actually a source of major division totally, yes. throughout his church history, right? This thing that was meant to be unifying, the unifying <laughs> yeah, and yeah. this picture of togetherness has become often a place of division. For sure. So I thought it might just be worth sort of covering that arc a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, right, I, th I think it's, is it 12th century with Aquinas? Aquinas-ish, yeah, yeah. 12th and 1200, uh, is that right? Yeah, medieval times, yeah. yeah so 12th century Aquinas, and this is transubstantiation. Yeah, right? so yeah. he has this phrase called transubstantiation. Uh, he's reading, writing the Summa Theologica, which yeah. is sort of this massive text on theology. He's a Catholic, right? The Catholic Church mm -hmm. is out there, and he says, as he's understanding it, right, that basically the bread and the wine, they change substances yeah. they're basically transformed so the bread really what happens is the bread becomes jesus's body yeah for sure it doesn't just look like it it actually becomes, becomes jesus's body yeah and the blood actually or the wine actually becomes jesus's blood blood yes. doesn't look like it yeah but it is and this is the language of trans as far as transformation yeah right? transformation yeah. so it literally is transformed yeah the substance is transformed yes, yes. and so we, what he would say is this is the real presence of jesus the mm -hmm. physical yes this is important yeah physical body and blood of jesus are literally there so not just like a symbol not just like figuratively or symbolically like, real presence you're like my hand is here yes like this is my hand totally yeah Jesus's body totally and, and where, his blood. where they're where someone like Aquinas or even this is kind of the more yeah. traditional Roman Catholic view I think would get this is from like maybe John 6 like this yeah. is my body this is my blood drink my blood that sort of there real is language sexual elements, totally. right? yes, people yes. actually walk away from Jesus and they're like that's weird that's weird <laughs> yeah totally. Uh, now 
the the Reformation happens sure. a few hundred years later, and you have this guy named Martin Luther, yeah. pretty famous guy, and he says, no, no, that's not the way it is. He calls it consubstantiation. Sure. So it's basically con is with, with. Uh, but this idea of it's not really that the bread becomes Jesus' body, but Jesus' body is with the bread. It's sort of over around, it surrounds yeah, yeah, the totally, bread. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus' blood isn't really the wine, but it's surrounding. And now, but Luther also says it really is his body his bo- yeah. around it. Totally, yes. Uh, so it's not that much different. He's sure. just saying, no, the bread is it's still like the bread. It's like a degree shift. Or yeah, a few degree degree. shift. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, he yeah. would say, no, 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 okay, there is real bread there. But Jesus' real body is around it. Is you there, might yeah, not yeah. see it, but real presence. <laughs> totally. Okay, that's consubstantiation. Yeah. yeah. Now, quickly after that, there's this guy named Zwingli yes. uh, in the Reformation also. Resolved in the same-ish time frame, Luther's They're Zwingli. very similar. Yeah. 16, Generation yeah, later, probably. 1600s. Yeah. And um, so Zwingli says, no, 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 that's, guys, you're missing it. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, it's all, he calls it the memorial view. Mm-hmm. Basically that it's all symbols. Totally. Yeah, yeah. The bread just symbolizes yeah. Jesus's body. Uh, the blood just symbolizes yes. the blood. So, you know, the remember thing. Yeah, do this in remembrance. Yeah. Of so there's textual evidence there. For right? sure. Oh, we're remembering. Yes. Um, now there's another guy <laughs> about, I think, next generation. Yes. Calvin's a little bit later. later yeah, Calvin's uh, later. Yeah, for sure. I like 50 years, 100 years. I can't Probably remember. Probably 50-ish. 50 yeah. years. Uh, Calvin's a little later. He has the reformed view, mm-hmm. which is something like... Yes, there is bread, mm-hmm. and yes, there is wine. Yes. Uh, and so we do remember. So he's, he has a Zwingli element. Uh, but he, what he really says is, no, Jesus is really present, mm-hmm. but he's there spiritually. Sure. So he's kind of saying, no, no, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He doesn't, like, take a break, and yeah. his real presence sure, isn't sure. there. But his, his, the resurrected Jesus, the spirit of Jesus is here, here. in a really real way. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just bread and wine and we remember no this is like he's really there so there's something more, more than the memorial view with Zwingli. correct yes yeah so it's not just these are basically visual objects sure yeah, that yeah. help us remember totally no jesus is really there what i like about calvin's view so sort of cards out sure what i really appreciate about calvin's view is it it sort of allows us to have bread and wine be bread and wine yeah, yeah. um but it also really has this profound encounter totally. with the risen yes. Jesus yeah. and his spirit that sense. in that space. Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's cool to see because I think what's really interesting is you have all these different views, only these four yeah. main ones, and to see that there is textual support for pretty much yeah. all of them. You can make an degree. argument for all of them. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're not saying that, you know, this is so out of bounds or anything like that. Yeah. But I think what you're saying as far as with Calvin's view goes is yeah. that it really kind of takes the there's something particularly important and present yeah. in the taking of the bread and the yeah. wine and especially with aquinas and luther i think they get that they get that yes. they get that sense of like jesus is really here totally which yes. is beautiful and profound for sure and then it also i think with calvin's understands the memorial aspect too this yeah. is also something we're doing in remembrance totally. of who jesus is and what he's done totally. for us yeah. so i appreciate that um again people at wellspring probably hold all these different, different views totally, yeah, uh, yeah. i yeah. lean a little more towards calvin um, but maybe on the applied side, sure, yeah, yeah. maybe, I don't know if you have any thoughts there. Totally, yeah. Well, I think for me, <coughs> thinking about like communion, Lord's Supper, obviously we take it very seriously as much yeah. as we can here at Wellspring. We take it every other week yeah. here as a church family. I love it. I love seeing us come down the center yeah. aisle. It's both like an individual thing as yeah. far as we are individually getting up out of yeah. our pew, but we're collectively coming down yeah. together. So it's that sort of merging the collective with the individual. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I think that's really cool to see that. I love seeing people come down yeah. for that. 
I think but, we also try and frame it as an opportunity to choose Jesus yes. as a way of saying, hey, this is serious. Totally. It's, yeah. And this is a way of saying yes to him. Saying yes to him, saying yeah. I, I want to surrender my life to him, whether yeah. it's for the first time or for the millionth time, yeah. whatever it is. You know, yeah. like this is something very serious as yeah. far as how we take it as a church on Sunday yeah. mornings. At the same time, though, I think there's this element, you've, you've you know, talked about this a lot yeah. too, is that we don't necessarily want to just limit the Lord's Supper to Sundays at 10 a.m. Yeah. Kind of yeah, there's no prescription in the New Testament yeah. or the Bible more Well, I mean, even like says, the first Lord's Supper was yeah. not on a Sunday, right? It was like over that's, a meal. It was over a meal, yeah. like, you know, on a weeknight or whatever. Yeah, Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night. So, like, there's a level of, whether it's in your small group or yeah. a close group of friends or yeah. with your immediate family. Totally. Like, you know, experiment a little bit. Yeah. What does it look like for you to maybe, or your family? And this is where I think, you know, on a Sunday morning gathering, we can't necessarily have like a full blown meal yeah. with like a couple hundred people in the room. Yeah. But with, you know, six, 10 people, yeah. you can maybe make it a more of a meal, yeah. you know, perhaps. Well, and that's how the early church often practices. Yes. It was a meal in a home. In a home. And that's why the abuses in 1 Corinthians 11, 11. were so real because it was meant to be a shared meal yes. that also was the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper, yes. And I think, you know, doing something like that, experimenting with yeah. that, what would that look like maybe in your small group or media totally. family? It'd be a really kind of profound experience. Yeah, cool. And to see, you know, how you can, you know, the real, the bread, the wine, all of that yeah. in a smaller setting. Um, so I'm, what I think what I'm basically saying is don't just limit it to Sundays at 10 totally. a.m. Take Sundays 10 a.m. extremely seriously yeah. for sure. Yeah. Come with anticipation, come with hope, come totally. with a sense of reverence, but then also feel free to maybe experiment with yeah. some other smaller setting as well. Yeah, and then I would also say you can also do it individually. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're on your Sabbath, you're taking a day, mm -hmm. uh, or you want to merge it with your scripture reading yeah. in the morning and have this moment that is a little more physical. Yeah. Like we are embodied creatures. Totally. Um, and that can be another way that yeah, we remember. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. And I think just, you know, maybe just to kind of round it off here is to recognize that this is something that, again, this is remembering back to yeah. what Christ has done, the connection to the Old Testament. This is also a very present and real thing yeah. as far as my connection with my brother and sister yeah. in Christ and my own relationship with Jesus at that moment. And also the, the hopeful anticipation of what is to come in the new creation. And yeah. so there's a lot there in what might seem like, oh, you know, that's, you know, some other sort of yeah, side yeah. thing. But this is actually fundamentally crucial for the follower of Jesus. Yeah. And that maybe for us, maybe in our kind of Western Christian context, yeah. to recapture, I think, the importance and the significance of the Lord's yeah. Supper is, is really important. That's so, awesome. Thanks, yeah. man.